Hey, I'm Anna. I'm Daisy. Welcome to Becoming Mama, our safe space podcast all about navigating parenthood and doing it your way. Enjoy the episode, guys. Hey, guys, welcome back to Becoming Mama, or if this is your first time, then welcome. It's so nice to have you here. This is a completely safe space for parents to come and listen when there is absolutely no judgment. We basically just get a different mum on every single week and have a chat and open up some honest conversations about things around motherhood that we feel aren't talked about enough to hopefully make you feel less alone. Today's episode is with Mama to Cody and stepmum to Oscar, freelance social media consultant and Insta's coolest mum. It's Lauren Chella. Oh, hi girls. So nice to have you on. <laughs> oh my god, it's my pleasure. Thank you so for asking me. So excited. Of course. So first things first, how have you found lockdown? Because you are surrounded by a lot of boys and it must be very full on. So how's the last year been for you? Oh my goodness. I mean, it has been a whirlwind and we are literally on what? We've got one day left of homeschool. <laughs> so I literally, I'm so, so excited for those school gates to open on Monday. You have no idea. I know, you know what, it's just been so crazy. I just can't believe how fast it's gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how I'm you, so busy. How are you finding the homeschooling? That must be really hard. <laughs> you know what, it is, it is different. Yeah. <laughs> it is really different. It's really tricky. Um Oscar's seven, nearly eight. So he is like in full-time school and he is on Zoom from like 8.30 in the morning until like four o'clock in the afternoon with an hour lunch break. It is just so intense. Um, And then Cody's at nursery just two days a week. So Mm -hmm. other than that, we're all just at home and trying to just crack on with life. It is just a bit mental, but... That's so much for a like seven, eight-year-old to even have to deal with like we never had to do that we just went to school and then no. you know you like you're, you're there you're with your friends you don't even have to focus as much I guess when you're like in it because you can like I don't know you know play whatever but being at home in front of a screen like at that age so much responsibility honestly it's just yeah. hats off to other kids honestly because it's just been so tough for them and they're just so resilient they just get on with it you know Oscar just gets up and gets on with it and he's just He's so good and I just feel so sorry for them that they just missed out on all their friends for so long and mm. all the fun bits of going to school. But is he looking forward to going back? Uh, yeah, you know, I think he likes, I think actually deep down he likes homeschool because, yeah. yeah. you know, in break time he can like play on whatever, his laptop yeah. or watch TV or, you know, just, you know, he's eating snacks all day. I don't even want to know the amount of snacks that I've made in the past year. Oh my God, God honestly. <laughs> How much of it do you have to do? Like, is it all Zoom or is there anything? Like, do you have to help with the homework and stuff like that? Like, because you're so busy, that must add more on. Yeah, you know. Um, so last year when we first went into the first lockdown, he was in um, the infant. So he was mm-hmm. slightly younger in infant school. So he did need like one-on-one. I needed to sit yeah. with him and help him. And they sort of like got, they did, they went on Zoom as much then. Yeah. But then since he went, he went um, to juniors in September. And then obviously he did one term then and this term, they'd just been so much more intense. And actually he just needs help with, you know, bits and bobs that he can't do or whatever but his school are really good and they've been on actual lessons with them uh, but it's more like you know Oscar sit up you know sit on your chair stop 
like stop rolling on the floor, turn yourself the right way around, stop being upside down on Zoom, you know, <laughs> just things like that. And they're just like, they're seven and they're doing all this stuff, but they're all so techy now. They're all so techy and they're like, hey, do you know that you can, you know, flip your screen upside down if you press this button instead of, you know, doing whatever they're doing. But oh God, it's all fun and games. They're probably you know. a lot more techy than me. I'm like the least. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> they are. We're like you know like our grandmas now who don't understand, aren't we? Like compared to the younger Honestly. generation. Yeah, it's really sad. I remember when I was like really young and cool, and now I'm like telling them to stop playing around on Zoom. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, but there you go. What to do with all the free time you have when he's back at school? But yeah, no. Do you know what? Until it happens, I'm not going to plan anything. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend that it's not going to happen until it happens and then when it happens you know just go go wild although we can't do anything but you know we will eventually Um, (laughs) first of all we wanted to actually ask you a little bit about motherhood and how you knew you were ready to become a mum so I mean I think I've always known deep down that I wanted to be a mum you know I want it's all that I've ever wanted even when I was really young and out partying all the time you know I always knew that I wanted to be a mum and then obviously for me when I met Zach um, my husband he obviously had Oscar yeah Um, so I got like thrown into motherhood way before I'd had my own child basically so I met Oscar when he was two yeah so so tiny and now when I think of Cody that's like two in April and I'm like wow you know he's still such a baby yeah Yeah. um so but he was like he was two nearly three actually he was very nearly three and then from him maybe a month after him turning three I moved down to London um and then from there it was just you know that was it Mm. stepmom to him basically from just three so that's I guess I guess the move giving birth yourself and all of that must have been not as hard I guess as it is for mums who are thrown completely in the deep end you know when they have their own because you've got like a kind of like a practice run which is so interesting yeah yeah no definitely and I guess what's what's different is I guess with um being a stepmom before you're a especially being quite a hands-on stepmom is you know I already live like a mum yeah before I had my own child you know you know I was already doing the school yeah, I already had the responsibility. I was already doing like the school runs, you know, making all the dinners, you know, mm. doing all of that behind the scenes work I was already doing before I had um, Cody. So yeah. I guess, yeah, by, by the time Cody came, besides from the actual baby, I felt like actually I'd never held a baby before. Yeah. That sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, so besides from the actual like newborn stage, I had done quite a lot of it before. Which I guess is good. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. And then how was your pregnancy with Cody? Because obviously that was the first actual pregnancy you had. Um, You did a bit of a Kylie Jenner reveal on Instagram, which is so funny. You didn't reveal it for like six months, did you? So Yeah, so it was actually late in that. I think it was the end of January. So it must have been about seven months before I revealed it. Um, For like a few different reasons, to be honest. My actual pregnancy was fine. I was really lucky I had like no sickness or anything in fact the only time I was ever sick was if I tried to do some exercise really? so obviously I just stopped doing any exercise like it was quite easy yeah I didn't like that was honestly it if I tried to do any exercise I'd throw up so obviously much before or was it like yeah all the time but I think I didn't I was a yeah I was maybe like a little bit nervous in the first 12 weeks so I probably toned it down and didn't really do anything so maybe it was like trying to pick it back up 
and I don't know I don't know what it was but I just stopped yeah, <laughs> you didn't need to tell me twice I just stopped <laughs> um so other than that it was um it was pretty pretty much a breeze to be honest I was very very lucky that's good yeah and I was quite I didn't start showing I think until the end of January so when I was about seven months is when I sort of like popped a little bit Mm. Um, but I was still I'd just gone freelance the summer before so I used to work for quite a big company and then I was at a smaller agency Mm -hmm. um, and then I did go freelance in the summer before he was born in the April after Um, so I was like quite new on the freelance scene so I wanted to keep working Um, so yeah I didn't tell any of my clients that I was pregnant I then I actually, obviously being freelance, you don't get any maternity pay. You have to either keep working or you don't get paid, basically. Um, and I actually went into the biggest contract that I've ever signed at seven months pregnant, face-to-face meeting, and signed a year contract, which is just mad. Oh my God. <laughs> like now when I think back, I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't know whether it was like amazing or awful of me to do that, but you know, I did it and it, and it worked and it was fine. And they obviously knew in the end that I was, I was pregnant and then that gave birth. Um, but yeah, did you go into there you go. Acting, um, like, could no one tell you were pregnant? You said that you didn't sort of show until around seven months, but were you just making sure you were wearing like really loose fitting clothes? Yeah, it was freezing. So it was like the end of January. So I went in in like a big baggy jumper yeah. and like a blazer over the top. I just didn't take my coat off yeah. um, because it was so cold and they didn't ask. So, I mean, obviously they didn't ask. They could never no, say, are you pregnant? How did they take it when you then told them, you know, after you then got the contract? Did you then mm-hmm. tell them quite quickly? Obviously you didn't have much longer uh, left anyway. Did you then tell them quite quickly yeah. that you were? Um, yeah, so I probably told them about six weeks after. Okay. That you were able. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and actually, and it didn't affect my work or anything. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that first year, when especially the first six months when they're quite sleepy newborns, mm. it's actually quite easy to do some work in the day. And obviously, being freelance, you can sort of um, work it around you. You know, I'd be up in the night sometimes and I'd just be doing it. And it seems mad now, but at the time, it just sort of, it's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to stop working. Um, honestly, you're blowing yeah. my mind. I don't think I've heard of any other mum who's actually not given themselves a maternity leave at all. I'm really amazed by that. Like, you're acting as if it's so casual, but I I could not have done any work in that first few weeks. No, me neither. I mean, I guess I was kind of, like, up during the night and things, and I'd be watching something on, like, Netflix to kind of, like, keep me awake when I needed to be if you were feeding or, like, whatever. So I guess... I mean, you could have done it then, but I, I couldn't imagine that. It's amazing that you managed to get everything done with a newborn. I get what you mean, I know, like I kind think... of being more sleepy. And I think I kind of took it a little bit for granted how easy, in a way, those first few Oh my God, didn't we just? Yes. You could just do anything with them and go anywhere and they just do really fit into your lives. And then they get a little bit bigger and older and just more aware of their surroundings. And it's just, yeah, they can't just nap anywhere no yeah. I know I do miss that stage I must admit as amazing as it is now that newborn sleepy stage is just the best yeah it really is so okay moving on then we'll talk more about freelancing in a bit actually because we do want to really touch on that but um yeah so it was was super easy that's great and then how was your labor how did you prepare for it did it go the way you expected um was it positive like how did it go um Oh, the labor it was definitely harder than I was anticipating I'm not gonna lie 
Um, I did do the hypno, but you know what? I had a real, um, what's the word? Like f- irrational fear of labor before mm-hmm. I was pregnant. So yeah, like I knew I wanted to try to have a natural birth, but I definitely had a really, really deep rooted fear of having birth, which is like mad. Um, so I never like read anything or did any courses or anything until maybe like two weeks before my due date when I then panicked and bought like the hypnobirthing pack. Right. Um, which was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, learning about everything. I thought it was really good and the whole like knowledge is power and everything like that. Um, but then when I actually got into full-blown labor, it just sort of went out the window. Like, it just completely went out the window. And the labor itself was quite quick. I don't know like what the timing was from when I first had my contractions or whatever, but I actually went in for a sweep at 41 weeks okay. and they accidentally broke my water oh my um, in the sweep. But yeah, but by the time they'd done that, I was I just wanted him to come out. You know, I I wasn't bothered. They were like, "Oh, you have to give birth in 24 hours." And I was like, "Great. Yeah, I just I, want yeah. I just I'm just over it. You know, I'm just yeah. I've been bouncing on my ball for like 3 weeks. I just <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for this baby to come out." Um so yeah, so I went in for a sweep at 21 weeks and they did they didn't like fully break my waters, but they ruptured the waters ever so slightly. So I was like leaking as they would say. I don't remember, Daisy, if you had your waters broken, but I've never had my waters broken. My waters didn't actually break until Flo came out. But how did it feel oh, wow. having them ruptured? Um, uncomfortable or no, it was it wasn't overly uncomfortable because I think they only slightly did it. Yeah. Um so it was just sort of like I just felt there was just like a little bit of water coming out that what it wasn't dramatic or it wasn't painful or anything it was just you know she had to actually double check that she did it she didn't even really know that she'd fully um ruptured them um so it must have been really small but anyway she did do it um which then does mean obviously you've then got to give birth in 24 hours for infection so I actually I did go home and I did quite like an overnight, but I wasn't in any pain. I was managed to sleep. I wasn't, wow. I was definitely the start of the labor, but I wasn't in full blown labor at all. But then obviously by the next day, um, when it had been 12 hours, I had to go into hospital anyway, but I was yeah. definitely in labor um, then before I went in. And then I went in and they obviously then had to, I was, I was maybe like a centimeter. I wasn't very far at all, but I also wasn't in any pain. I was just fine I was doing all my breathing techniques you know thinking like wow I'm really bossing this it's like (laughs) a walk in the park you know like not little did I know that I was in labor like I wasn't in full labor I mean yeah um I was like yeah you know I am in labor and I'm having all these contractions and look I'm just breathing and it's all fine um and then and then and then it hits and then they they gave me the drip because I wasn't um going as fast as they needed me to go yeah and then and then it all just went a bit downhill to be honest (laughs) yeah then then the real fun and game started so they moved me from like the um (laughs) the triage ward that I'd gone into to my private room on just like the labor ward in the hospital um to to give birth and I was like god I just don't feel like I'm ready to give birth but obviously I thought I'd go to like a ward and whatever but no they like whacked me straight into a room and I was like right okay this is it isn't it I'm here um, and actually we had, mm. so my mum was with, with me and Zach um, and we had Oscar that weekend too. Yeah. So he was at home with grandma. So it was also sort of like quite busy. So I sort of <laughs> sent Zach home because I was like, you know what? I'm obviously going to be in here for a bit longer than we thought I was because I'm I'm not really dilated at all. Mm. And 
I was like totally just not not in full-blown labor anyway so I sent him home to like come home and put Oscar to bed and you know have a couple of hours with him and then come back um so when he left me in Mm. the hospital I was like maybe two centimeters fine in bed um and then the drip came and then by the time he came back which must have Mm. been about three hours I was like shaking uncontrollably um yeah so I don't know I apparently the drip does that to you I don't know whether you've heard of anybody else that's had it but like it actually made me shake like I was having a fit oh god but like yeah I know but I I wasn't I wasn't I I don't know what it was but um nobody even told me well they might have done but I didn't know that that it was because of the drip so like in my head I was just like oh my god like I'm fitting like what is going on this you feel quite out of control oh totally out of control um like totally totally out of control um Cody was back to back with me so I don't know the the midwife I don't know whether they just say it because they want you to try and make you feel better that you're really not coping very well but she's like you know your pain's worse because they're back to back and you know we're going to get you the epidural because I was I'd said no to an epidural at the beginning when I was fine um but then obviously then when you say yes the epidural you want it there and then but it took about two hours to come to me um do you know how many centimeters you were no, I think when I had the epidural, I think I was only about five. Yeah, I think yeah. you can't have it much past that though as well. So I've heard of people that have like requested it and then it's oh, yeah, and well. they're too late. Yeah, and then they're too late. Yeah. It's good you managed to get it because it was something you wanted at um, the time. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, it's the best thing I've ever had. <laughs> I, know, next, next, I can't believe I said no to it twice before then. Like now thinking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, if I just said yes yeah. to that. Um, but maybe you know what everything happens for reason maybe it would have slowed me down so much and it would have been a different story to how he actually gave birth whatever but it was going completely downhill very like zero to 100 very quickly and then the epidural came and yeah I think from there I just actually really enjoyed it bizarrely oh that's Um, yeah it just completely changed the entire labor for me so especially yeah. I think from like doing the hypnobirthing and like I did some NTC classes and things and not that they're anti um, the epidural, but you sort of like go into it thinking like, you know, I don't need it and I'll be fine and whatever else. And I've got all this other, all these other techniques that I can use. But actually for me, and like I would recommend mm. to anybody else that it's very, <laughs> you know, like get it. If you're offered it, get it. Next time, if I, have another, if I can have another baby and I have another baby, next time I'm literally going to go to the ward and be like I'm in labor can I have my epidural please I think it's quite good saying <laughs> that and sort of like saying about how you had a positive birth with having an epidural because I did NCT as well and I actually do feel like they're a bit like very yeah they definitely are and very pushy on like an all-natural birth and yeah know, they gave me like a list of the all the things that could go yeah, wrong with the, the epidural they do say, mm-hmm. you know like pros obviously like to help you cope and whatever but I feel like it is very against epidural definitely I think there's like this whole stigma around it definitely yeah Yeah, there's like a stigma around it you know like if you can't handle childbirth then you'll need an epidural and that's just like not the case you know it's you know you don't you don't have any sort of medical you know you wouldn't go in if you broke your leg you wouldn't (laughs) go in and have surgery and not have any you know relief to numb the pain yeah you know it's just crazy but you're meant to then not you know like be a bit ashamed of getting some pain relief or whatever it's just absolutely mad highly recommend it to anybody it was just it was just great (laughs) did you have an epidural 
I did and I absolutely loved it oh my god same because I think what it is yeah. is when you come through like I same as you I'd gone through like 12 hours of contractions and it was really painful and like I'd had I'd been induced as well so it was like extra painful yeah and by the time you get the epidural it's just like heaven to be able to breathe and relax like for the first time yeah. in that life. so it was it's just such a welcome like change and but I think what Anna Definitely. would say and I'm about to, I know what Anna's about to say is like it, it's just what works for you isn't it because like Anna Anna did um hers with no epidural and she like still loved her she didn't even call it pain what she went through and it's just like everybody's so different isn't it and every labor totally. is so you can't predict and sometimes it's best not to have one but I think yeah it's so nice to like sort of break the stigma and say no you can have one it doesn't make you any less of a good mom like, 100% I think you just yeah. got to do what feels right for you in the moment so I was like lucky in the way that I had this like water birth and I had gas and air but even on my birth plan I didn't have I don't want an epidural like I was always very like Mm -hmm. I'll just have whatever you know like whatever I feel like at the moment I'll ask for and even this time around I might have to have a c-section and even if I do I feel fine with that I think it's just yeah not having a fixed plan it's just whatever feels right at the time or whatever is safest so yeah I think it's great definitely definitely I think the the best birth plan is to not really have a plan you know you have a bit of a slight preference in your head but like actually don't have a plan and just go with it and you know if you need one Mm. get one if you don't need one don't get one neither is better than the other you know you just go for it just go for whatever you think at the time I don't think you'll regret any of it you just go for it yeah I love that. How was the um, pushing for you with the epidural because I know sometimes you can't really tell when your contractions are coming when you've had one but was it easy for you or yeah I mean I I loved the pushing which is so weird isn't it yeah yeah but obviously it was because I'd had the epidural and actually to to be fair I think I pushed for less than 20 minutes so it was quite short um could you feel but yeah I looked like could you feel it yeah so so I couldn't feel any pain so that's what that's why I just don't understand how it's a bad thing like I couldn't feel any pain (laughs) I had the most amazing um midwife she was like Irish and really like loud and you know like would definitely be yeah like she would definitely be my friend you know like if you just met her out like we we literally she was like shouting at me which I need you know like push push harder like yeah she's like a PT um but she was amazing I feel like I definitely needed her and I I actually said to her after I was like I honestly feel like I couldn't have done it without you you know like you were literally my birth partner in the end she was crazy um and I was her last baby that she was delivering she was only like 25 or something but she was going traveling so I was literally her last baby as a midwife um I know it was so nice I wish I knew where she was um but yeah the pushing yeah I loved because there was no pain um she was telling me when to push so she was like holding onto my um stomach and telling me when I was contracting I obviously couldn't feel it um but I could feel Cody coming out so so it's like this like weird sensation that I couldn't feel any pain but I could like feel feel it but no pain I don't know it was just it really surreal and I think it's even like a bit of a blur in my head but I can remember that bit so vividly um but yeah I think that the pushing for me was amazing how did you feel like when they kind of handed him to you so I mean so the pushing was amazing and then he was the emergency team did have to come in at the end um they just did one cut and got him out within like 30 seconds um which was all like a bit dramatic because it had been like really you know we had the light it was three in the morning so like the lights were down it was like really chilled we had music on and whatever else and then obviously it went the the midwife literally said you know it's going to go like 
from zero to 100 so quickly now. Um, but like switch lights on and literally within 30 seconds, it was, it was, you know, from quite dark, mellow room to like emergency room, but it wasn't stressful or scary, bizarrely. It was just, it just happened so quickly. Was it an that you had to have? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Was, was he stuck or just? His um, cord was wrapped around his neck okay. twice, yeah. I think. So I think I was pushing and he was coming out but going back in. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I know. I, I mean, I th- you know what? I think this is what was happening. It's all just, you know, when it, you get all the information, I think you block out all, like, the negative bits. Yeah. Yeah, so he they cut him out. It was all very quickly. Um, and then he was passed to Zach. So I was feeling a bit sick, to be honest. I was a bit vomit. Yeah. And I was getting stitched up. Um, so z- what was really nice that Zach had like that first like 15, 20 minutes with him, mm-hmm. um, the skin to skin and whatever, which I think is just so nice because I think they don't really get a bit of a look in sometimes. Yeah. Um, but no, so yeah, it was all, you know what, it was, it, it had his moments of crazy wildness about it, but actually it was really positive as a whole, I think, oh, I love which that. is nice. Thank you so much for sharing, um, sharing that with us. I literally love hearing yeah. your story. <laughs> Yeah, no, me too. I got a bit, do you know what, after my, me being a bit like scared about birth at the beginning, yeah. after giving birth, I became a bit obsessed with it. <laughs> you know, I started watching Emma Willis all oh the time God, and One Born Every Minute, which oh. I'd never watched before. Oh my God, I literally love that so much. I know. Oh my God, same. I think I'd like to be a midwife. Literally. Oh my God, I would, love too. I would love to be a midwife. I actually wanted to start this September and then, um, yeah then I'm pregnant you got pregnant, yeah, got pregnant. yeah. <laughs> After a little bit longer yeah I think I think, it, I think it must just be such an amazing job <laughs> that's literally took the words out like a magical job oh, I would love it It'd be amazing yeah same um, same right so now Cody is nearly two you must be pretty much yeah. in the swing of things and in a kind of a bit more of a routine so we wanted to actually talk to you about toddler eating habits this is actually something that me and you were messaging about on Instagram yeah I put something up about just like struggling lately with flows fussiness yeah yeah and then I've actually had lots of people message me saying they're going through the same thing so it is a really normal thing and obviously there can be so many things that affect Mm -hmm. toddler appetites um but yeah how how was your journey weaning Cody and how's that been for you guys Oh, you know what? It's been it's been a lot of ups and downs yeah. with Cody's eating. I must admit, he started off. You know, you have all these intentions, don't you? You start off, and he he was amazing. Yeah. You know, he liked everything. He'd eat everything. You know, we were, sh- yeah, we were sharing food from like really early on, and um, you feel like you've nailed it like really early, and you're like, yes, this is it. You know, my child's going to be one of those children that just like eats, you know, sushi with me, and you know, we have everything together and it's going to be amazing. And then they turn into a toddler and then they're like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat that. Yeah. I'm not going to eat that. And I'm going to throw it on the floor and I'm going to tip my plate upside down. And, you know, even if I do eat a little bit, you know, the, the rest of it is just like, no, it's going on the walls. You know, there's just no way. Yeah. So we've had it all. And do you know, we've gone, we've gone through like really big ups and downs with it where sometimes I feel like he's not had a real meal for like a whole week yeah yeah um, but he's obviously fine you know he's obviously totally fine he's thriving and whatever else but I think the eating and the non-eating is so stressful yeah. and I don't know why it is so stressful but it just really is there's something 
something so stressful about when they don't eat I know I think it's it's like hard in the way like I find it hard if I've cooked a meal and spent a long time and like really put effort into it and then it gets everywhere um but also I think it's just like it's the main thing isn't it to like yeah keeping as a parent and healthy and well and it's just like you worry so much when they don't eat but really the actual amount that I know it's such small portions but I it is so small like a massive portion but you just you really worry when in reality like you said they can sort of like go a week with only eating like one real meal and then just like snacks and bits here and there but they're fine but just when it's happening you just think oh my god like you must be so hungry like I feel bad sometimes because I just think how are you going to sleep when like you've been I know I'm like one of those people that when something's going a bit wrong, I like reach out to loads of other people. Yeah. So a bit like when you, you put it up and that's that's why I, I answer back to other people's stories and things like that. Because I think that's what I want to do. You want to talk about it and hear yeah, that, you know, it's not just you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just you. And I actually like reached out to so many different nutritionists and like child weaning professionals and everything. Like I'm like that person. And um <laughs> You know, every, all of them, like their main advice was like, like stop stressing, yeah. don't force food and like don't stress about it. And I think as soon as you like try and just think, you know, if they're hungry, yeah. they will eat. And yeah. as long as you're offering something that you know that they like, you know, I think it's all about trying new foods. But as long as there's something on the plate that mm. you know they definitely like, even if it's just something little, um, yeah, you know, as long as there's something, then they will eat mm. if they're hungry. And the more you stress about it, the more they pick up on it. And they are, they are definitely, they do pick up on your stress and they know when you're stressing about something and they just like purposely not do it, I think. Um, But yeah, and like you said, um, Anna, they need like such a small amount of food that actually they're so fine. And, you know, they do. And he's, he was really bad at one stage and then all of a sudden he just went, he just started eating all of his meals again. And, you know, he has like different phases with different foods and, you know, I think I said to you, Anna, he um, he just like completely went off pasta, yeah, so which was so annoying. His flow at the moment, she used to love it, and it's like, like you said, it's a really quick and easy dinner. Um, and yeah. there's loads you can do with it in different sauces and bolognese and like whatever. There's yeah, and like hydro veggies and everything. And she just won't touch it at the moment. But you said, did Cody just start eating it again? Yeah, he just started. Eat- so like, I just um, just made it one day. So he probably didn't eat it for about six weeks, really? which. is feels like a lifetime um and I did make it occasionally in those six weeks and he just wouldn't eat it at all and then just one day just started eating it and I was just like wow this is it and then from then I just made sure I kept giving it but I don't think it was even anything to do with anything I think he just went he just didn't want it for a little bit but he does it with loads I mean I'm sure yours too do it too like he does it with loads of different foods it's like he'll just stop eating you know rice or toast or eggs or whatever and then he starts eating them again it's just they're crazy little eaters thinking about it now like even as adults like I'll go off certain foods for a while and I won't want to eat something because I've had it too much and maybe like I'm just literally making this off my head now but maybe that's all it is for them and they obviously can't communicate that with us as much like with everything they can't communicate it so if they don't feel like having something one day they might just be like no I'm not eating it and then we're like oh my god why but it's obviously as you say it's like not that deep it's just like they don't want yeah, it. definitely. And actually, I saw something somewhere. I can't remember where it was, but they said things like in the lockdown, you're home all the time. And, you know, your toddlers sat in the same place on the same table with the same mm-hmm. plate and the same spoons, you know, with the same background on or whatever. And it's like, yeah. you know, they're bored as well. So like mix it up a little bit. So 
and it's definitely worked for me you know instead of having lunch on the table in his high chair or whatever we've made sandwiches and sat on the floor yeah. together or you know we've sat on we've sat on the sofa with you know a little pot of I don't know like his veggie sticks or whatever on the sofa rather than at the table you know and just mix it yeah. up and they just they just like that because they like they are obviously a bit bored of just having the same thing over and over again. I think we take it for granted, but they are just, you know, as much as our lives have changed with lockdown, they also have had a massive change of life too. And they're in a lot more and whatever else. And just try and keep it a little bit exciting for them. Um, definitely helps. I was going to ask you, what do you, because um, I never really know what to do if she doesn't eat a meal. I do actually usually end up giving her something else, which it might not be the yeah. Do, but I kind of feel like you know just like in the evenings me and Charlie would always be like oh what do you fancy for dinner and then we might want different things and then I don't know sometimes I give her something and then I'm like well I might not be feeling a fish pie you know so I might want something yeah. else then I do end up giving her something different do you do that or do you stick to kind of like if they don't yeah I mean I've definitely been guilty of that especially yeah. when you feel like they've not had a real meal for a, a quite a few days yeah. on a row or whatever up you just want to fill them up so we've definitely done you know a bit of toast before bed yeah. or yeah. whatever what I did find at the beginning was offering like smoothies instead mm-hmm. so yeah. so it wasn't necessarily a meal replacement but if he didn't eat his food like his actual meal then I'd make a like a veggie smoothie but with like a banana and some yogurt or whatever in a smoothie so so I'd give it to him in like a smoothie cup and mm-hmm. he'd have that and I think in his head it wasn't like because he didn't eat his dinner it's just like as well as his dinner yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but at least then I know he was full and he was getting some vitamins and he was like filling up or whatever um I mean they do say not to offer food but I just don't know how you can do that all the time to be I honest know, it's really- I think you've just got to do what you think what you think and mm. when I um when he was in like the midst of like the the height of not eating sorry um he also wasn't really sleeping very well so he was obviously like just a bit off yeah, yeah. but then obviously you blame the not sleeping on the not eating and you know you just get like round in circles so that we were get, I was getting him up out of bed at like three at one point and giving him some sandwiches and things in the kitchen really? I thought, because I thought it was to do with him not eating but actually I when I spoke to the nutritionist about it um when I was panicking a little bit she was like honestly unless they've literally not had anything you know like water milk yeah. any snacks anything for a good few days like they're not hungry they're okay and they right. will sleep. So that's quite a good... Well, I think once I knew that, I, I just, like, really relaxed. No, I think- and I think the more relaxed I've been with it, the better he's got. So yeah. if you... if you, So I would say if you've got a very fussy eater, it's so hard. It's, like, the most... It's the hardest thing in the world to not get stressed about it, but just try really hard not to. And just, like, take the food away or leave it there for a certain amount of time. Um, and sometimes I found that if, if a plate's on the table for half an hour... In the first 20 minutes, he might not even touch it. But then after 20 minutes, where usually I might have taken it away from him, he started to eat. I think it's also like set times for them, the same as like set tables and whatever, you know, having set times. Sometimes they're not, they're just not hungry for their dinner at five o'clock every day Mm. or whatever. There's just, yeah, I just, my only advice to people would be try and not stress about it. No, I think that's really good advice because they are just little sponges and they do just pick it up so much. They do. Yeah, very good advice. Thank you for talking about that and just for normalizing toddler appetites because they're yeah, changing definitely. They're down to so many different things, but the main thing that it seems that pretty much everyone goes through is 
that fussy phase so yeah if you're going through it right now take Lauren's advice and just ride it out because it will pass <laughs> definitely like everything. <laughs> yeah. like everything everything is a phase definitely yeah okay moving on to the next um topic we would love to talk to you a little bit about being a stepmom so did you feel sort of pressure when you originally came into Oscar's life like obviously that's quite a big step for you to make like just you know because obviously you don't have the lead up of like being pregnant and then having the baby and then they super young and blah blah blah. you kind of just went you know like you said earlier like you literally dove right in so how was that for you and how do you think that was for Oscar as well like how's it worked for your family yeah I mean it was definitely challenging and it definitely had, you know, his days when it was super hard. Um, but I think he just, you know, when I met, as soon as I met him, we just got on. Obviously he was, he was a toddler, but he, you know, we, you just got on with each other and he was happy. And obviously he was going through quite a big state, like big change in his life. Um, yeah. You know, he was dealing with quite a lot really for a little three-year-old to be dealing with. Um but yeah, you know, we just had like a happy house here, I feel. So I feel like he was just happy and, you know, we just did everything. I think for that first year when I moved down, we really went out, out of our way to make everything about Oscar, you know, and I think it really paid oh. off in the meantime because he he just, he just, he just so happy. He was just happy, you know, he was just yeah. around us. And I think he didn't really see me as anything. He didn't like, you know, we didn't talk to him about it at the beginning. He just sort of... You know, I was Lauren, daddy's friend that was here, but, but yeah. also like lived here. So he's, he did sort of know, but he was so little. It's such a, a weird um, thing to talk about to a small child. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely a big adjustment. So I went from like living with my friend in Manchester, you know, out all the time and whatever else to them being like full-blown stepmom half of my time. <laughs> so it was like, it was definitely a massive change, but obviously when Zach and I made the decision to like properly move in together, whatever else, we obviously talked about it and we, we said like, let's just give it the best go we can do. And, you know, let's just see what happens basically. So yeah, it all paid off in the end, which is good. Did you have to have like a bit, cause you said you didn't have to kind of talk about it obviously when he was younger, cause he kind of yeah. he obviously knew that you were around, but did you have to kind of like, was there a big conversation later on phase or had you both just been in each other's lives for a while then that it was no yeah I think um by the time he sort of like knew who I was properly and whatever else I'd just been around so much that he just knew yeah. you know he just knew it yeah. was like daddy and Lauren and then his mum you know his mum's um yeah. around and everything so he had like two homes one with mummy and one with daddy and Lauren and that was just it he just knew so there was never really like a a proper conversation yeah. about it which I think actually is quite nice you know he just sort of sure. knew um and he just sort of like really adapted between the two so I guess he was so little still that even when he was um staying here with us and obviously I could be away from his mum and whatever else it's obviously really hard but he had like a mummy figure without me trying to be his mum I was just like his friend yeah. and I think it just it's just what he needed and I think we got a really good balance between us yeah and what about um so co-parenting? I think it's so interesting because we've never had someone on yeah. podcast talk about like stepmom life and co-parenting. So it's great, <sighs> yeah, hearing it from you because you're obviously experiencing it. Um, how did Cody? How was introducing Cody when he was born? How did Oscar deal with that? Yeah, so I mean, it was definitely tricky. Um, so co-parenting. 
has its ups and downs, obviously. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and say, you know, co-parenting is the easiest thing in the world. And, you know, it's all fairy tales and whatever else, because obviously that is just not true. Um, It takes a lot of work. And obviously we're now five years into it. Um, And I'd say for the probably for the past year, um, it's been like really stable and fine and whatever else. But obviously there's been really like ups and downs before that. So it's definitely tricky um but it does work and you can make it work and I think there's you know there's a lot of like stigma around you know blended families sometimes and co-parenting and how it works whatever but actually if you I think if you all want the best for the child involved um and you know you're all doing what's in the child's best interest I think once you're all on the same page it becomes a lot easier so I think that's good and um when Cody was born it was definitely a complete change of dynamic obviously for our house because mm-hmm. Oscar wasn't like mm-hmm. the priority Usually. then you know there was two of them so it went from being all about Oscar to then Oscar having a brother and obviously for Oscar poor thing he was six but it was like a um he was really excited but then there was also this like you know it was a half brother half of his time yeah and you know what did that mean and what did it mean for me and what did it mean for him and did that mean that you know our relationship was going to change and Lo- he, ha- he had loads of questions I'm not gonna I think the co- the most conversations we've ever had is when Cody was born and we had to sort of talk it through with him because he was old enough to like understand what was going on but also like a bit confused about where it left him yeah um which I yeah. Think, yeah which I think is normal for siblings anyway but I think for um half siblings yeah. I think there must just be all this like heightened anxiety around it which is really normal um but yeah, again, they took work, but now it's amazing. Like they are literally so cute together. They are just amazing. And I think actually the age gap's incredible. I thought it'd be really tricky, but it's not because he's just old enough to understand what's going on and whatever. And, you know, Cody absolutely adores Oscar mm-hmm. and thinks he's like cool. the funniest person in the world, which obviously like really plays into Oscar then thinking he's the funniest person in the world. You know, so they just like really buzz off each other. And it's just, it's just so cute. It's just so good. Um, but yeah. Did they, um, so did, I mean, obviously you mentioned it was like tough for Oscar when Cody first came around and with having all those questions and things, but like when it actually came to uh, obviously like living with Cody and Cody being yeah. next to him all did they bond like you know as people like immediately or was it kind of like a slower thing for him like did he love him immediately yeah no he did definitely didn't love him immediately (laughs) I think it probably yeah I think it's so normal um it probably took about three months I think um until I could you know until you would say he was adapted to it at least he didn't like he, he didn't like not like him he just definitely preferred it when he wasn't here as, as silly as that sounds you know every time he cried he's like oh crying baby or whatever he was just he was just a bit over it from the day like the get-go I remember when he came to visit him in the hospital and he was like day one old and um <laughs> Zach's sister had FaceTimed and was just like oh Oscar are you so pleased with your new brother and he was just like no oh, no. <laughs> no I'm not you know like no I don't get it really um but, you know yeah but I think it's that's just yeah it's just normal isn't it? it's just a baby to a six-year-old yeah. that's just not the coolest thing in the no, world um, just cries and sleeps and, and 
yeah but as Cody got a bit more you know he got a bit more about him he got a personality and whatever else and especially when he started walking and then he could run around and whatever else and now is definitely the best age now that Cody's like fully chatting away and you know he says all of his words and he says like funny words that makes Oscar laugh and whatever like now they're they're so so close they've got such a good bond um but yeah it's been so nice watching them grow together definitely Oh, I love it. I know you touched on um, being freelance and everything and how yes. that was when you were pregnant and things like that. I would love to know um, what it's like for you now, like having a toddler and Oscar and sort of obviously running a home, but also having that work where it's like all the responsibility is on you and it's your own business. How the yeah. hell do you feel it all? And like, I'm sure there's so many pros, but are there struggles as well? How do you find it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely hard. Um, there's, there's days where you feel like you can't do anything, like work-wise or children or, you know, keep the house from looking like an absolute yeah. bomb site, everything. Um, there's definitely more days like that than not like that, I must admit. Yeah. But I think when she, once you get into like a stride with it, um, you just sort of find the time to do it. And actually, I must admit, I'm, I've toned down a cup, my work yeah. now than what it was when I was full-time. Um so I've, I've got a couple of um, clients that I do consulting for now, but I can do that. So I can maybe do like the week's work in a day. So I can just sort of like Amazing. find, yeah, so I can just find time to do it. And Co when Cody's at nursery and Oscar's at his mum's, I get like four days a week, um, four days a month, sorry, where I've got like right. no children at home. So those four days, you just have to be like, the most productive you've ever been in your life and get everything straight and you know try and do as much as you can but also like <laughs> get like work at night and whatever you just you just find an hour here and there and you just sort of like get on with it but I think everybody just you know they have all everyone's so busy you know it's sort of like everyone thinks oh yeah. that must be so busy and I'm like it is but also like even if I wasn't doing other things you're just so busy anyway so you just sort of like find yeah. time in no time to do stuff if that makes sense um but yeah, it's definitely very, very busy. But I love, I love working. I love what I do, and obviously, I love having the kids home. And I just, just want to do it all. God, yeah. So you, that's the best of both yeah. worlds. You just want to try and do a bit of everything. And it's great. Yeah, you found a way to, yeah, to manage it around around the kids and still be able to do a bit of everything. Yeah, definitely. But lastly, we always finish off by asking our guests for one piece of advice they'd like to give to other mums listening. So we'd love to hear what your bit of advice would be. Oh, I mean, there's so many good ones, but I think the one that has stuck with me forever, which I heard when I was young, is that, you know, everything is just a phase. Yeah. You know, even the good stuff. So definitely the bad stuff, but even the good stuff, the sleeping, the eating, the not sleeping, you know, they're not going in the pram, they're only wanting to walk, all of the different things, everything is just a phase and it does yeah. get better or, you know, just take it all in. Um, nothing lasts forever. And they're just, I just think like, they're just never this young ever again. Yeah. Um, so even if it's tricky, it's just a phase. They will come out the other side of it. Well, I needed to hear that today. Cause I'm like, I'm having one of those weeks where Savannah's been ill this week and it's oh been no. the first time I've ever dealt no, it's the first time I've ever dealt with an ill child. And I've been ripping my hair out and like complaining, complaining, complaining. And actually, you know what, you're right. They are only young this once. And like, even though she's ill, obviously, like they, I won't ever have this week again with her. Like I won't ever have okay. any week again with her. You really have to remember, like just cherish every phase, every phase, even if it's super tough. 
even when it's so hard it's not gonna last you have been incredible thank you so 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 much for coming on and talking to us oh you're so welcome thank you so much for having me anyone who doesn't follow you can you just tell everyone your instagram of course it's at lauren chella so lauren c-h-e-l-l-a everyone spells it out it makes me laugh i don't know why like it's so so i don't know why yeah i know what is that i've never done that before in my life i don't know why i just did that (laughs) i love your name chella is such a cool surname is that your actual it's not even my name name. no it's not oh my god what can you tell us your name but my real name no it's a secret no jake my real name is lauren doffman oh my god how funny yeah and was your name was your pre no no not it actually has no meaning to my life whatsoever other than I got Instagram when I was like I don't know I must have been about 18 which was a very long time ago so I got it like right at the beginning and I was doing a <laughs> this is such a random story do you actually want to know it Hello. I want to know <laughs> I was do- I was at uni doing fashion marketing and I was doing a course on <laughs> fashion um festival fashion i know where this is going and i was doing coachella and then i did this thing where it's like if you add coachella to the end of anything it sounds cool and literally i just but i did it on a whim and now literally people think my name's lauren cella so there you go (laughs) like your brand as well isn't it because you used it yeah it's my so yeah so like my little like freelance businesses the social teller yeah. like it's become everything I'm dying. yeah oh my God, I love I love it because it's it is so cool I was like wow her name is so cool but it's, yeah. it's not I know it's not my name but just tell everyone it is oh. <laughs> there you go guys we'll talk to you in the next episode which is next week as always thank you so much for listening and we will see you soon bye, bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're not already, make sure you're following us on Instagram. Our username is Becoming Mama Pod. And also, we would love to hear from you and hear your story. If you'd like to be a guest, email becomingmamapod at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Talk, Talk to you soon. soon.